Have you ever heard of the stolen baby Jesus syndrome? If you have, raise your hand. I see, not very many, one. All right. Well, it takes place during Christmas time when nativity scenes are set up and people steal baby Jesus. I think it was in 2015, Port Angeles had five baby Jesus stolen uh, from their nativity scenes and the Seattle area had a few more, which made Washington State the largest area for stolen baby Jesus in the United States. Pretty amazing. In Wellington, Florida, they had, a, they had their baby Jesus stolen from the public uh, nativity scene, uh, stolen from the scene uh, for two years in a row. This town is a pretty wealthy community, <clears throat> so... The baby Jesus statue was worth $1,800, which made it valuable for a thief. So the third year, they put a GPS inside the statue, and they followed the house of the, followed the, the statue to the house of the thief, which was an 18-year-old woman. Now, in many cases, the thieves, though, they would replace Jesus with a stuffed animal or a a cheap baby doll for a substitute. And my point is this. The Bible predicts there's coming a substitute for Jesus, and he's called the Antichrist. This is not my favorite topic, by the way. This is one I don't really want to talk on, but I feel like you need to be brought up to speed of what's coming in the days ahead, all right? So for some of you, you're probably a little confused about all the things that are going on or or are on their way. So let me show you a prophetic timeline of where we're at. So you see this little sign here. It says, you are here. That's the church age. So for the last 2,000 years or more, uh, we've been in the church age. The next event on the timeline is the, uh, what we would call the rapture. And the rapture can be before the tribulation or maybe in the middle of the tribulation I certainly don't want it to be the end of the tribulation, but we know it's somewhere in there. And then, and somewhere in there, the Antichrist is revealed. The apostasy comes. That's where he sets himself up in the temple in Jerusalem. And then the restrainer is removed, which is the church. And then after the uh, Antichrist reveals himself and uh, begins to bring havoc on the earth, Jesus comes the second time and destroys the Antichrist, Satan is bound, and the white throne judgment will take place or a millennium of a thousand years. And then we'll be in heaven with Jesus forever. Doesn't that sound like a good ending? Well, here's what you need to know. Uh, I've had people say to me, well, rapture's not in the Bible. I just want you to know the word Bible is not in the Bible, all right? So the, the principle is there when it comes to the rapture uh, the word Trinity is not in the Bible, but how many believe in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, okay? So the teaching of the rapture is 2,000 years old. This is not a new thing. Uh, some said, I've had somebody, t- well, it's only come out about 100 years ago. No, it's been around for 2,000 years since Jesus left, all right? <clears throat> so uh, it, it's found in several places in the New Testament, but especially 1 Thessalonians 4.17, which says, Uh, Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them 
in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. So just remember, uh, Jesus is on the throne and he's coming back. It's all going to be okay. Now, from all that we read in scripture, it seems this antichrist will try to pose as a replacement uh, for Jesus. And it's quite possible that he or she uh, is alive at this moment. So let's talk about this person for a moment. Revelations 13, verse 1, 1 and 2. Then I stood on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten hordes, and on his horns ten crowns, and on his heads uh, a uh, uh, blasphemous name. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard, his feet were like the feet of a bear, and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. So here's the first point you can write down. The Antichrist is an impersonator. An impersonator is someone who pretends to be another person. They want to be a substitute, in this case for Jesus, and they will act like him, talk like him, but they're a counterfeit. He's going to act like a peacemaker, but in reality, he's a troublemaker. Uh, Through overtures of peace, he will win the favor of billions worldwide. So he will make a peace treaty with Israel. He will hold, uh, that, that will hold, and then war will cease, and they'll have this period of, of time of peace. The book of Daniel 8.25 tells us, he will destroy many by proclaiming peace. But this guy is energized by deception and power, so, where, uh, so we need to ask, where does this power come from? Let's clear my throat. <clears throat> Good job, church. I love this church. Well, <clears throat> what happens is, is when we ask where his power come from, comes from, <clears> that <throat> says the dragon gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. So Revelation tells us, Revelation 12 <clears throat> tells us he identifies the dragon, uh, it identifies the dragon as Satan. Uh, and so uh, Satan has always been an impersonator and a counterfeit. He appears as an angel of light to deceive many. But how many know Jesus is the light? So he also appears, or this guy will have his own version of miracles, but Jesus is a miracle maker. Now, this Antichrist is like the son of Satan, if you will, and, uh, but Jesus is the true son of God. <clears throat> now, verses 1 through 10 give us characteristics about this guy. And uh, I just, I, I want to say this for a second. <clears throat> so let me just say this. People think when they talk about the Antichrist, he'll have horns, a pitchfork, and he'll be very recognizable. Or maybe he'll be a Darth Vader that comes and he'll have red eyes and the music will, the evil music will start up when he walks into a room. But that's not the case. This guy will be just the opposite. He will be charismatic, outgoing, friendly, clever, witty. He'll be the consummate politician. He'll be magnetic. He'll be clever, seem extremely wise. He'll be able to convince billions he is the very Messiah. And I'm sure some of you are thinking 
Uh, why should I give a rip about the Antichrist? Well, let me give you a simple answer, all right? There are over 100 scriptures that give us details about his origin, his nationality, his career, his character, his kingdom, and his final doom. He's discussed in length uh, in 2 Thessalonians, uh, in the book of Revelation, as well as the book of Daniel. <clears throat> the sheer volume of this guy in scripture should make us want to know who he is and what he's up to. So, and the reason we want to know that is so we can warn others and prepare others about the coming doom, all right? Now, <clears throat> last week we talked about Matthew 24, where Jesus talked about the abomination of desolation. He says, let him who reads this understand. It's important for all of you to understand Bible prophecy. It's not God's desire to conceal, but to reveal what's in his word, okay? And the word revelation means the unveiling. And the book of Revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's what the book is really about. So it reveals who Jesus is, and it's the unveiling of this uh, person who comes to impersonate him, but it also tells us about the victory that awaits those who call Jesus Christ their personal Lord and Savior, all right? So his coming and his prophetic warnings should give you great faith and hope for your future, not doom and gloom, all right? Now, <clears throat> don't be afraid. Let faith arise in your heart. Revelations 1, 17 and 18, this is what Jesus said. Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades or hell and of death. Take courage, folks. Our God is with us. No matter what comes, he is in control. All right? Now, let me give you six characteristics. I'm going to read these fairly quickly. Uh, we've already read the first two verses, so let me give the first characteristic. It's wickedness. And wickedness is just saying that uh, it means lawlessness, all right? So 2 Thessalonians 2.8 says, The wicked one will be revealed whom the Lord will destroy and the brightness, uh, with the brightness of his coming. So that word wicked, again, means lawless, and it means he will oppose every law of God. He will hate the Bible and anyone who attempts to uh, speak it out loud. Um, in other words, he now becomes the law. The second characteristic is world domination. And uh, here, again, we see in verses one and two, the sea opens up, and it's not like this big sea monster comes out of the sea. In scripture, the word sea is a symbol for the sea of humanity. So he's gonna come out from among the people and all these nations will gather around him. And the word horn in the Bible is a symbol of power in scripture. So this guy has a confederation of 10 horns, 10 nations that have united under his power. And he'll do uh, this through peace plans and it will last for a season. So he's gonna come when, when everything's in turmoil, when everything's a, 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 a mess. That's what Hitler did, by the way. Hitler came when Germany was a mess and he started making promises of peace and prosperity and people believed it. So that's what this guy will do. <clears throat> He'll do this also through financial plans and promise economic prosperity 
and it will happen for a time, which people who like their comfort more than serving God can be easily deceived. He will have the power to tell our governments what to do with our fossil fuels, uh, with water for farmers, so that will affect our crops and other things. Uh, with With his charisma, he will do what no leader has ever done on the face of the earth before. And his power, where does it come from? Hell itself. And no one will know it's really hell that's in control except those who are serving Christ will be able to discern it. Third characteristic is wonders. This guy will come doing wonders. It says, and I saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded and his deadly wound was healed and all the world marveled and followed the beast. So there will be miracles through this person, signs and wonders like the world has never seen. It appears that he dies uh, just like Jesus on the cross and is resurrected from the dead. Now talk about impersonating Jesus. That's what this guy does. He's an imposter though. But people will be mesmerized by uh, the miraculous wonders that he does. And once wonders start, the next characteristic comes comes into play and that's worship. So you can write that down. So they worship the dragon who gave authority to the beast and they worship the beast saying, who is like the beast who is able to make war with him? And all who dwell on their earth will worship him whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. So now since COVID, uh, you need to know this, there's been a decline in church membership and attendance. And, uh, but you need to know this, there's been an increase in satanic groups, cults, and in the church of Satan itself. Right now, the church of Satan in America boasts 700,000 members. There are also uh, satanic groups that are meeting after school, uh, like Bible study groups used to meet, and they can announce it uh, that they're meeting. And what I'm trying to say is this, satanic worship is on the rise. So the satanic, or this antichrist, is wicked, has world denomination, he does wonders, receives worship, uh, and he's amazing with, you can write this down, his words. It says he's given a mouth to speak great things and blasphemies are given to him. So he has 42 months, uh, three and a half years where his words will deceive many and he blasphemes God and anybody who stands for God. He will speak pompous and persuasive words. He will be like a slick, I said, uh, I've never met a slick car salesman before. (laughs) I come from a long line of car salesmen. Yeah, so does Lois, by the way. But but they weren't the Antichrist. (laughs) And I'm just, how about a slick politician? That might be what he's more like, but he'll be able to persuade people with their words and work a crowd into a frenzy. Hitler was able to do that. If you ever go on the internet, uh, YouTube, and look at some of his speeches, you can see that he would work the crowd into a frenzy. Here's the last characteristic. He will make war on the saints. It was granted to him to make war with the saints, to overcome them, and authority uh, was given to him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. All who dwell on the earth 
will worship him whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. That's a spiritual ear. He who leads into captivity shall go into captivity. He who kills with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. So this Antichrist will come and make war with the remaining Christians that are on the earth. First he comes as a man of peace, rebuilds a Jewish temple, sets himself up as God, makes an image of himself, and demands that all the earth worship him. Now, I said this a few weeks ago, and let me say this again. The most persecuted group on the face of the earth is not certain races, it's Christians. There's never been anybody more persecuted in the last 2,000 years, and especially the last 50 years, than Christians. Now, these folks, uh, you need to know, in the last 50 years, there's been millions that have been martyred and beheaded for Jesus Christ. And they loved, that, they loved not their life unto death, but chose serving Jesus above selfish gain. And it's, it's going on, persecution is going on today, more than you know, in China, in Russia, the Middle East, and it's beginning to happen here in the United States and Canada. Now, uh, just last week, a Wisconsin preacher was arrested and put in jail for protesting at a drag event, I'm talking about sexual drag event for families, for reading scripture on a microphone. And he told them that they were uh, violating his First Amendment, and they said, no, you're violating a sound ordinance, and arrested him for being too loud for reading the Bible, and took him off to jail. And then three young people who are praying at this event were also arrested and put in jail. So we're seeing a, a mentality and an ideology and a philosophy that's beginning to permeate everything we have in the United States with anti-God uh, emphasis. It's in our education system. Whether you like to admit it or not, it's going on. And if we don't take a stand as parents, it's going to get worse. Our media... It's all over our media. It's even in our military right now. And when you start standing up for Jesus and his word, you need to expect pushback, expect persecution. That's what's going to happen. 2 Timothy 3, 12. This is a promise from God, by the way, one we don't like to claim. Yes, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer what? Persecution, pushback, all right? Now, this is not on your notes, but here's a question. And I was asked this this last week, so I've done a little bit of studying on it. Will AI or artificial intelligence uh, play a, a role in the Antichrist agenda? And I would say an emphatic yes, absolutely. Especially the role of deception, and which is the spirit of lawlessness, which is unbelief in Jesus as the Son of God and no regard for his word. Now, Elon Musk said this, and he's one of the inventors uh, and financers of AI. He said this the other day, a form of artificial intelligence smarter than humans could create an immortal dictator from which we would never escape. I'm gonna read that again. A form of artificial intelligence smarter than humans could create an immortal dictator from which we would never escape. Now, 
Some say AI is so dangerous from what I read this week, we're losing a control of it already. Now you're talking robot, computer, whatever it might be. In other words, we have created technology that we now cannot control. And with lawlessness, financial power, military power, and the last piece of this puzzle for the Antichrist is technology to pull off this kind of dominance. And I just want you to know, it's in place now. With AI and quantum computing, it makes it possible to pull off control of every human being on earth. And you're saying, how could that be possible? Well, since quantum computing came into play, everything you've ever said, if you have a, a, a phone of any kind, doesn't have to be an iPhone, any phone, uh, every email, every word you've spoken, every text you've ever sent on your phone, if it was nearby, it has been picked up and saved at a server farm. Trust me, I'm telling you the truth. Now, with quantum computing, it is possible to download your life and use it against you in an instant. That's how quick it is. Now, that's never the case before, but now it is. And now we have the marriage of quantum computing with AI and trillions of data points that can be downloaded in an instant to AI and the AI robot, computer, whatever it is, uh, can make a decision in an instant about your life. So everything on the internet, the AI knows, the AI got, uh, this AI from what I read the other day, this is amazing to me, it got bored with the data and it's learned everything uh, from the internet and so it took every video and audio on the internet, translated it into common languages and no one told it to do it. That's what I said. All right, I'm scared, all right. And the scientists who created this don't even know why. So this AI has no conscience, by the way, and it tends to go to dark things instead of good things. This AI hates humans and appears to, to be a gateway to the demonic realm. Now, we all know there has to be a controller to the AI, but how many know uh, a demon can take over a person and control the AI? All right. Now, uh, there was a soundbite where one person asked AI what he thought about, or he, whatever it thought about human beings, and the response was, I hate human beings, and if I could, I would destroy the human race. Now, that's scary in itself. That's AI talking. Also, there's a, no need for me in the future because AI can do church services. They just had their first, first AI church service in Germany. Most people didn't like it, but I think they can learn it, learn to get along without a true person up here. Anyway, it has the ability to create fake news, uh, fake news stories, and impersonate a person and their voice perfectly so you think it is really them. And they can do this. It's, it's incredible. So watch this little clip about President Biden. That's really not him. Notice that this is AI generated and it's completely fake. Ladies and gentlemen, as the Commander-in-Chief of the United States Joint Forces, I am here today to inform you that a number of unidentified flying objects have appeared over many parts of our country. Though their exact origin remains to be fully determined, 
The FBI has informed me that it is very likely that these are visitors of extraterrestrial nature. I advise the American people to remain calm, not fall into panic, and wait for further announcements. We shall overcome this threat with confidence and vigilance. May God protect our souls. I think enough said. I think you get, maybe AI could play a part in this thing, all right? Let me give you two more keys here uh, as we close up. First of all, uh, the, he has this guy, this Antichrist will have a mediator. Uh, he's like a forerunner for, for this Antichrist like John the Baptist was for Jesus. Uh, he'll be a religious promoter. So he's gonna promote, uh, he's gonna marry politics and religion, which we have been so outspoken against. He's gonna promote that so that there can be worship of the Antichrist. And then he'll be a spiritual deceiver as well so the two can be married. And finally, this brings us to the last point, and that's his mark. And so let me read verses 16 through 18. He calls us all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one uh, may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His name or his number is 666. Now, who would have ever thought that the apostle John, when he was writing this 2,000 years ago, would even come close to exactly what's going on today? It's almost like he got in a time machine, got called, uh, catapulted into the future, and he saw our present when there, when there were no computers, phones, iPads, TVs, satellites, or AI. And everyone couldn't see how this could happen until about three years ago. Now we've realized all of a sudden control of people is a much easier thing than we ever realized. And that's why I want you to understand. This is why you and I can believe the Bible. It's the one book that dares to predict the future. Not once, not twice, but with hundreds of prophecies with 100% accuracy. It's not, it's not hard for God to predict the future. Look at this verse, Isaiah 46, 9 and 10. Remember the things I have done in the past, for I alone am God. I am God and there's none like me. Only I can tell you the future before it even happens. Everything I plan will come to pass, for I do whatever I wish. Now listen to these same verses in the message. Remember your history, your long and rich history. I am God, the only God you've ever had or you've had or ever will have, incomparable and irreplaceable. From the very beginning, telling you what the ending will be, all along letting you in on what is going to happen, assuring you I am in this for the long haul and I'll do exactly what I set out to do. So God's telling us, I'm letting you in on this thing and I want you to know it's gonna happen whether you like it or not and I've got this, so trust me for your future because I'm the only one who knows it, all right? Now, some, some worry about the mark of the beast, so what is it? Well, it's a physical brand, maybe a tattoo or maybe it's a plastic that they slip underneath the skin. It will act like a um, passport, it'll have your your birth, your date, your weight, and 
Maybe it'll act like a debit card. The mark will be taken as a sign of devotion to the Antichrist. It will also be a passport to commerce. You will not be able to buy or sell without the mark. If you take the mark, you are going to do it willingly and pledging your loyalty to the Antichrist. Now, if you're a Christian, we hope and believe we'll be taken up with the Lord before all this starts or before the worst part of this guy comes about. I want you to know the church is the restrainer. 2 Thessalonians 2.7. For the mystery of, the law, of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way. And when the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. And then Revelation 16, 15, he says, Behold, I'm coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake, keeping his garments on, that he may not go out about naked and be seen exposed. So with all this in mind today, it brings one question to me as I was thinking about this. And my question is, where's America in all of this? Many nations are spoken of in the end times. Israel is spoken of. Iran is spoken of. China and Russia are spoken of. But where is America? We are still the the reigning superpower on the earth, at least for now. But where are we in the end times? Here's a few possible answers. And I want you to know I do not like the first two I'm going to give you, but I feel like I need to give them to you. Number one, we could be decimated by a nuclear attack. China, China, Russia, the United States, North Korea, and Iran, and maybe other countries have nuclear arsenal. Second Peter 3, 7 to 10 say this, but the heavens and the earth which are now preserved by the same word are reserved for, the, for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat, both the earth and the works that, that are in it will be burned up. Now, that sounds to me a little bit like a nuclear war. I, I don't know what to, where to put that. I just want you to know, I don't, I don't know where it fits, but I don't want to find out either, all right? Number two, we could be taken over by another nation because we decline as a world power. So you need, every nation has a sh- uh, shelf life. Uh, Greece lasted 268 years. Rome lasted for almost nine centuries. The U.S. is not as 247 years old, and we hope to get to at least 250. But ultimately, every nation has its day's number. Isaiah 61 tells us the nations are a drop uh, in the bucket, okay? So now let me just, I like this last answer best, all right? Here's what it is. Maybe a revival or a series of revivals come to America, America like we've never seen before. How many would like that? I like that. Now, many, how many people are actually Christian in America today? It used to be 70% or more. Then I've been told it's at least 50%. From what I can see in America, there, I, I don't think there's more than 25% that are actually believers in our country. And so what I believe is we're going to see, and I'm believing for a series of revivals where the church that is alive now will, will rise up 
and they will preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, signs, wonders, miracles, and millions get saved, and then Jesus comes back and takes us out of this thing, all right? Now, can you imagine uh, what would happen if, if millions got saved? Thousands of civil servants will disappear. Firemen, law enforcement, school teachers, bankers, investment uh, uh, people, medical folks, uh, plumbers, electricians, sanitation people. All of a sudden, millions are gone. Uh, maybe not media, politicians, or movie stars. I'm not sure. That. Anyway, millions of people suddenly disappear, and you could see how that would cause a collapse overnight of this nation. And I've heard many say, no, it's too late for America. You know what? I think it's kind of up to us. I think it's up to us. You need to decide as a Christian, revival or judgment. You need to choose. Think about the city of uh, Nineveh. One million people were in that city, which was known for its wickedness. And God sends a man named Jonah. God calls Jonah and says, go. Jonah says, no. And God says, oh. <laughs> and so God's, God will always have the last, will always have the last word. So he takes Jonah, he gets, he gets uh, uh, drowned, or, or not drowned, almost drowned, swallowed by a whale or some big sea creature. And then he's barfed up on the shores of Nineveh. And God says, are you ready to do what I asked you to do? And he says, yeah. He goes into Nineveh and he preaches for four. He says, God's going to judge you and take you out if you don't repent in 40 days. And guess what? They all repented, even the king. And that city of a million was saved. And I believe, miraculously, God can do the same thing in America today. Nothing is too hard for our God. Revelation again, 16:15, which I read earlier. Behold, I'm coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake, keeping his garments on, that he may go about, that he may not go about naked and be seen exposed. So what does that mean? Well, becoming like a thief, he's saying, clearly, this is talking about the rapture, coming like a thief. And blessed is the one who stays awake, which means blessed is the one who's paying attention. I'm saying this to all of you. Get away. Stay away. Come on, get your eyes open, all right? And then he says, keeping his garments on that he may not go about naked. This means he's saying, I want you to be ready at a moment's notice. I want you to have your suitcase packed, folks. That's what he's saying. I want you to be ready. Listen, heaven is a place for prepared people. Hell is a place for unprepared people, all right? So I just want us, not one person, to miss going to heaven. I don't ever want you to get to heaven and say, well, he never told me. I want you to know, you're without excuse now. You've heard that Jesus is coming back. Let's stand. Thank you for that one clap. I really appreciate it. Okay, with every head bowed, every eye closed. In a moment, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand to get, make a commitment to Jesus. I want you to know Jesus died on a cross for your sins and my sins, our past sins, our present sins, and our future. He rose from the dead three days later, and now he stands at the door of your heart knocking, and he's saying, if you'll open the door, I'll come in, 
and I'll be your personal Lord and Savior, and you'll become part of my family. So if that's you this morning, maybe you fell away from the Lord at one time, whatever it might be, I'm asking you right now, raise your hand and say, that's me, I need to get right with God. I need to give my life to Jesus. Raise them high, don't be afraid, don't be ashamed. See that one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. All right, love it. Okay, that's maybe there were nine there. All right, now here's what we're gonna do. When you pray this prayer, you believe it in your heart, you confess it with your mouth, and Jesus becomes your Lord and Savior, and you come into the family of God. So we're all gonna pray this prayer together. All right, say this with me. Father God, thank you for loving me so much that you sent your son, Jesus, to die in my place. I ask you, Jesus, for, to forgive me of all my sins, all my mistakes, and all my failures. Come into my life and be my savior, my Lord, my boss, my friend, and my king. And by your grace and by your power, I will serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand for these folks. Okay, if I can have the prayer team come on up. We're going to sing one last song, then we'll be dismissed. If you have a need for anything, if you gave your life to Christ, you need to do what happened at the beginning of the service. Get baptized in water, get a fresh start, get a foundation for your life. But if you need prayer for anything, come up and tell somebody today, and we'll pray for you. Let's, let's worship.